being a mom is the greatest joy of my life. And it's, it is the most important job for me. That doesn't mean that it should be an either or when it comes to being a mom and a career woman. And so I think speaking on it and just trying to invoke any type of awareness or change is so important. But I will say for myself, one of the biggest things that I was told by one of my mentors was just to ask. Hey, it's Kathleen and Shannon here, and this is Get In Her Lane. We are two automotive professionals diving deep into why women are so underrepresented in this industry and trying to make a positive change. So ride along with us as we discuss ideas and takeaways that can help everyone further this effort in the automotive world and beyond. Kathleen and Shannon are not hosting today. I, Jamie, the producer, are taking this one for the team while they're on a little bit of a break. And I have with me two amazing coworkers, Jen and Eva, and we are talking about why organizations should focus on new moms. And Jen and Eva are both experts in this field because they are both moms. Jen and Eva, why don't you introduce yourselves so the, our audience knows who you are? Thank you, Jamie. I'm Jen, and I have been in the automotive world for just over 20 years at this point, and I have two kiddos. They One just turned 10 this last weekend, and the other one just turned 12. Oh, well, happy birthday to them. <laughs> Thank you. And I am Eva. I am a new mom, um, so definitely not an expert as you referred to me, but I appreciate it. I am and a mom to a 10-month-old little boy, and I've been in automotive for just over six years now. And I have an 11-year-old daughter and a nine-year-old son, and I have been in the automotive business for 24 years, a pretty long time. The reason why we are here today, this episode was inspired by a Cadia webinar that I sat in on. And Cadia, if you don't know, stands for Center for Automotive Diversity and Inclusion Academy. And they had this really awesome topic called Unexpected Impacts, Why Focusing on Moms Makes a Big Difference to Your Company and Culture. And this webinar really, really resonated with me. It really brought to light a lot of information and statistics that as a mom, I didn't even think about. And it really sheds some light on this topic for women that are thinking about having a baby or have just had a baby. And I just want to say too, for our male allies out there, don't run away yet from this podcast. It's so important that you're involved in this as well. And I think this topic is going to really give you some great suggestions and really shed some light on this topic. And we need you. So thank you for listening in and for being here. So for the Cadia webinar, I want to point out that they had two amazing presenters from a company called Nestle Space. And their company really focuses on consulting with other companies on how to set up lactation space for their employees, no matter how big or small their company is. But I know that is something that can be a challenge for businesses. And they specialize in doing that and are really passionate about it. And Stephanie Bombs and Della Leapman were the presenters from Nestle Space. And we'll provide their information at the end if you want to get in touch with them. So they really started off talking about how when a woman is looking to have a baby or they're just they're on maternity leave and looking to come back, this is really the most vulnerable time for them in their careers. And I don't think a lot of us think about that. One thing the webinar really spoke to me on was just the lack of awareness and understanding in those gaps and in those struggles for a new mom. 
And whether you're a man or a woman, you have no idea until you're in the trenches doing it. So I think that really brought out, brought that to light. Yeah. And I like the fact that they talked about how it's not just creating a space for lactation or for breastfeeding. It's also kind of helping to change the mindset of the people either in the dealerships, which are the places that they were working with, but also in offices and other spaces around for it to not be so weird for somebody to breastfeed or pump. These spaces create options for women to not have to do it out in public, but it also puts it front and center. So it's not hidden more so than when I was a brand new mom, I was sitting in the bathrooms. (laughs) And it still is like that, I would say about 80% of the time especially I think in automotive or male dominated industries, there is just that lack of awareness and people don't know what you're doing when you're pumping. I was just going to say too, Jen, that's a really good point about not just the space, but the reason why. And that's something that Stephanie and Della pointed out as part of their consulting services is to bring attention to the why and how important it is for the health of the woman and the baby. And it's not just about creating space, which is what they do too, but it was the kind of the whole package. And, you know, they brought in a lot of statistics and studies that have been done. And part of what Eva, I'm sure you have just found out is the pediatric association just upped what they were asking women to do for breastfeeding. It went from one year to two years. Yeah. And that's definitely, I mean, even one year of breastfeeding and pumping and lactation is so difficult. And I think there's so much that goes into that. And as a mother, you want to do what's best for your child if you are physically able, because obviously fed is best, but breastfeeding does have so many benefits. When I actually came home from the hospital, they gave me a list. And this is a couple of the things right off the list from Loyola Hospital, benefits for your baby their immune systems protect babies against diabetes, asthma, and obesity as they age. So there's long-term health effects, decreases your baby's risk of SIDS. I mean, sudden infant death syndrome. As a mother, if you can have any control of that or reduce it, you obviously want to do that. And then there are so many benefits for mom and baby. So it helps you with that emotional bond, but also physically better, better brain development fewer life-threatening infections, fewer feeding problems, lower likely risk of allergies, higher IQ scores long-term. So really everything that you want to do as a mother, help your child emotionally and physically, breastfeeding is tied to that. So I just think it's so important to allow a woman to make that choice if that's how they want to feed the baby. Yeah. And that's so important when you're looking at How are we retaining women in the workforce? How are we growing women in the workforce? Because one of the statistics that they threw out there was over 3 million women have left the workforce in the last year, which is a staggering number. And one in four are considering leaving or downshifting. And I know that one came from the, the McKinsey study. So that that's concerning. And obviously, this is what this whole podcast is about in general, is how how can we grow and retain more women in automotive and in the workplace in general. So this is just a big a big factor to consider that a lot of people don't 
don't think about as as important as it is. Yeah, and how the female workforce has already dropped below 47%, which is the lowest level since 1988, which is just shocking because how are we at the lowest level in 2022? How have we not, you know, brought this more to light? So I think the work they're doing is so important. Yeah, and one of the trends that they also brought up was that women are returning to work post-childbirth even faster. I know some companies have made a lot of headway with their parental leaves. Some are still have some catching up to do, but it's interesting to see that the average leave is still 10 weeks and that number has shrunk because of dual income households and women have to get back to work whether they need to go back to work or whether they want whether they want to go back. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you I took the 10 weeks. I had Eight of them were paid and two of them were vacation time. But with my daughter who came first, I pushed myself and was able to breastfeed her for six months. Um, and I just, I couldn't do it anymore after that. And with my son, unfortunately, he got the 10 weeks that I was home and that was, that was really about it. It was just, it was too hard with the travel, just not being home all the time and able to do that. And trying to pump and store it. and Yeah, it was way harder than I ever thought that it would. And then I know that I traveled, you ladies are traveling, and traveling just adds a whole additional level of challenge, complexity, and frustration in so many ways. They didn't even they didn't even touch on that part. Our jobs are a little bit unique because we are in consulting positions, so we're out and about and having to travel. So that just makes pumping and storing milk and getting it home even more challenging. But I think people in dealerships too, though, if you're working 12-hour days or 13-hour days, that's it's almost as hard as being gone overnight mm-hmm. sometimes. Absolutely. You know, especially if you're especially if you're on one of those in one of those positions where you are just constantly on your feet, constantly moving, when do you have time? I mean, it takes I don't know, when I was doing it, it was a good 45 minutes to pump. And it's like, how do you find 45 minutes just to go and sit in the bathroom stall by yourself for... (laughs) Yeah, multiple times a day. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think that's also part of that awareness piece too, because so many women, people think they're just sitting in a bathroom stall or they're sitting in the office massage chair, as I've been told myself, oh, enjoy your massage when really they don't understand that it's not a quote-unquote massage break. Yes, we do have a massage chair in our office, but that is not where I pump. Um, You have to be sitting upright and pretty much hunched over in order to do that. But you're taking phone calls, you're sending emails, you name it, you are working during that time. So I do think that perception there and lack of awareness and just lack of normalization for a woman to say, hey, I need to do this for my well-being and my physical health, my child's physical health, I'm taking this time. Yeah. And Stephanie and Della outlined what that commitment looks like. So this was really interesting. In terms of breastfeeding, it equates to approximately 31 hours a week, which is almost the equivalent of a full-time job, which is so true. But when you put it like that, I was blown away. And then if you're working, yeah, and if you're working a full-time job, which is 40 hours a week, just think about you are working and either breastfeeding or pumping for 71 hours a week. 
So th- 31 of that is almost half the time. And that doesn't include the time of your, with your kids no. or your family or your house or anything else. Not at all. Yeah. Yeah. That number just blew. I mean, I, I was there. I did it. But that number still blew me away. Yeah. My, my little one is 10 months old. And I was exclusively breastfeeding or pumping up until about nine and a half months. So this past month, I have supplemented with formula, but really just because of the incredible struggles and that stress that it puts on you to feed your child, right? So I've pumped in public restrooms at training events with strangers walking in while I'm attached to the sink pumping. And that's just incredibly invasive and honestly, emotionally damaging too. Uh, If you're not comfortable with that, it can be uncleanly to try to clean your pump parts in a public restroom. Um, You worry about the sanitization of the milk as well. And also, once again, traveling. So I have a big Yeti cooler in the back of my car. Um, I have to go to the gas station twice a day to fill up with ice. Then if I get back to a hotel, some of the hotels don't have a freezer or lack of freezer space. I've had fridges that are broken down in hotels. Just that travel piece does add so much of complexity to it. And there are ways to definitely overcome that in certain instances. So for me, I am shipping my breast milk home, which helps on flights, that type of thing. Yeah. And the stakes are so high because it is feeding your child, that dire pressure for a mother, right? To feed your child. And it's also a mother's health. If you go along without pumping, you can get mastitis, which I've gotten in hotel rooms overnight because I was either forgot my pump or had to use a manual pump, or you don't feel comfortable with the lactation space Mm -hmm. provided. And you're dealing with an issue I didn't have to deal with, which was the lack of formula. How is that? Yeah, it's definitely tough because some of the higher end formulas, you have to be on a waiting list for now. So the lower end ones, they are available in stores, but moving a child from full breast milk to formula, you as a mother want to be able to choose what formula to use. And most of the higher end, better for the baby formulas, um, you still cannot get. You must, you had to have been on a waiting list. Yeah. But no, I, about 80% of the time I pump in the parking lot. Well, I was going (laughs) to, I was going to ask like, okay, only to just make light of this for a minute, make our stories come to life here. What's the craziest place that you've pumped, had to pump? The craziest place I've had to pump probably in the public restroom, just like at a training event with people walking in, just no sure. shame. Sorry, I have yeah. to pump. The majority of the time I pump in my car, which is definitely a safe space. I can close the door. I feel like I have that, but still then you bring your milk inside to a communal fridge. It's just not the most cleanly. Yeah. I've, I've pumped while driving, which is not recommended because I didn't <laughs> want to stop on the side of the road and burn 30 to 45 minutes when I could be getting to my destination during that time. So I have done that just to try to be more efficient in my day, but it's probably not the smartest thing to do. And just, just, you know, I'm not advocating that on this podcast. I'm just sharing what, what not to do. <laughs> and then I had a really long flight one time. So I had a pump in the, the airplane bathroom which was which was horrible. And I had to tell the flight attendant, hey, I'm going to be in there for like a half hour. <laughs> Otherwise, it was going to be yeah, really Yeah, definitely. I've pumped while driving. I've pumped in random gas stations. One time I tried to pump in a Starbucks bathroom, which you think would be nice. There, were a, there was a cockroach yeah, in it. Nice. So that was fun. 
Yeah. And then just obviously, since it is milk, it's so sensitive to temperature as well. So just that level of complexity as well. If it gets warm, you have to Mm -hmm. toss it. Yeah, I think to your point earlier, Eva, there's sometimes a misconception of what people are doing when they're pumping. We are literally trying to work and use that time if if it's during the day, right? If it's during our work day, we're trying to like get some emails done, we're holding conference calls, we're trying to be productive because we actually do not like losing that time. That's that's part of the stress. To your point, you both just said you did it while yeah, driving. It, that's that's like, part of the stress that it adds because you're like, I can't, I don't have an hour and a half to two hours to just sit here. Like I need to be driving somewhere. I need to be, you know, working on XYZ project. I need to be, you know, following up with whoever you need to follow up with. And it's it's stressful trying to make time for everything. It is like having two full-time jobs and wanting to succeed at both, right? So I don't want me stepping out of a meeting and having to pump me stepping out of that meeting, right? I missed 20 minutes of that meeting. Should I have mm-hmm. been there? Does everyone understand why I'm leaving? Is there a gap in that sense as well of not being able to forward your career in certain instances um, or certain relationships with people having to step out of a meeting, just not having that face time as well? Yeah, I would say that was probably more of an issue for me, like I said, I I gave up six months in because to your point, Eva, I couldn't I couldn't do both well. So I unfortunately, and I probably would do it differently now, but at that point I did. I gave up the breastfeeding after six months because a lot of it was I would have to step out of meetings and you know, you you try to be proactive and to plan it out and about 60% of the time your body cooperates and yeah. <laughs> the 40% just kind of does what it wants yeah, to do. I, I was the same. I, I had to stop after six months. And quite frankly, my kids sort of lost interest because I wasn't home enough. You know, they're just getting the pumped milk and then your supply kind of goes down a little bit. And then it's mm-hmm. just chain reaction. I wish I could have longer. Well, and I think too that businesses, dealerships, uh, manufacturing, anything that has to do with, or as we said, you know, that are typically male dominated industries, I think in any way that they can show that they are trying to support women and not only women, but new moms, I think that level of support and that level of trying to show that they are willing to listen and willing to move forward with how the culture is moving as far as making new moms feel more included in everything. And, you know, I think it shows that they are willing to be open to more than just more than just the women topic and more than just new moms, you know, it shows a willingness to make changes and to try to make more people feel Mm -hmm. included and welcome. New moms just want to be seen by their employer, right? That they that they matter and and they've thought about it. So that goes a long way. And Stephanie and Della went into how it's 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 not only supporting women, but it's good for business too. It improves productivity, it improves company loyalty, it boosts morale, and that those are important ingredients for a recipe to retain your employee. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think they went into how you can be losing top talent if you're not supporting new moms specifically going into that 90% of breastfeeding employees return to work when support is provided compared to the national average, which was 59%. So the facts are there. And they also went into the ROI for every $1 spent on corporate lactation programs that companies will earn back $3 in cost savings. So that's huge. You know, with that, it's that's huge. Um, retaining employees is so important, especially in the environment that we are in mm-hmm. currently. Stephanie and Della brought up manufacturing specifically because that's really tricky with hourly workers and a lack of space. And the impact to that industry is definitely f- feeling it, right? It's, it's definitely having a pretty great impact on the retention of women. So part of the manufacturing issue is the lack of space and how tricky that is. And I think we can equate that to maybe some of the challenges that the dealerships have as well. There's just no nowhere to carve out space for that lactation space for, for new moms. So yeah, I stumbled across this article because I was just Googling, you know, dealerships, lactation spaces, and I stumbled upon this dealer, Jonathan Fowler, Fowler Automotive Group, and he installed Mamaba lactation pods in all of his showrooms. I believe he has eight dealerships. And he did that for not only his employees, but also customers, which is great. And really his purpose there was to not only create awareness and be supportive to new moms, moms in general, and to his customers, but he put them in visible spaces to just try to help normalize breastfeeding in the culture and help ultimately contribute to gender equity. So I thought that was really great. And that's just, you know, that's something that we wanted to bring up on the on the pod too, because the question is, okay, well, what can I do? What do I need to do better? How do I address this? How do I create space in my business or company? And this is a great example of someone who you know, didn't necessarily have the space, but use this pod solution and it and it works. So thinking about solutions like that are really good. They even, um, they wrapped them in dealership signage. And so he was able to like advertise on the outside of these things. But they also had, you know, looking at these pods that are available, they ship within a week or two and they are anywhere from just, very small, like almost like stand up shower space mm-hmm. to big ones that are large enough to accommodate a new mom in a wheelchair. You know, they're all different sizes, amounts, and they ship in different time frames. There may be more out there as well. I'm not sure. I know those were just the ones that we found quickly. I absolutely love that. It sends such an important message of just respect, engagement with your team, that you care about your employees, and that you care about your customers. No matter who you are, you are welcome here. And that is such an important message to send. I was so happy to stumble upon that article. So we will make sure we leave the link to that article in the show notes so you all can access it. And I do want to say, Eva, for all that you have gone through with trying to figure out how to make this work, I feel like you're doing a fantastic job at it. And I know there are more resources now, even 10 years later, but it's still not enough. I think just continuing the conversation and continuing to try to put this out there and make it more of a 
an everyday topic and not such a taboo thing to speak of can only help. Yeah. And just speaking from my experience, well, thank you, Jen. First of all, just speaking to my own experience, being a mom is the greatest joy of my life. And it's, it is the most important job for me. That doesn't mean that it should be an either or when it comes to being a mom and a career woman. And so I think speaking on it and just trying to invoke any type of awareness or change is so important. But I will say for myself, one of the biggest things that I was told by one of my mentors was just to ask. And that doesn't mean it's going to come without challenges. But if you really talk to those people in your own dealerships in whatever companies you're in and ask, the worst they can say is no, because what I have found personally is that so much of it is not someone not trying to support you. It's someone not being aware of the struggles mm-hmm. you're facing. Yeah, they just don't know. Um, so I think that's, they don't know. And I mean, I didn't know until 10 months ago. So it's not, you know, it's very normal that they wouldn't know. But yeah, just I think there are so many gaps in that conversation and people want you to succeed. They just don't know how to always help you. So always ask. <laughs> and you might get a no, but that's okay. You'll you'll get a yes Great too. Great advice from Eva. And Eva, yes, you are doing <laughs> yes. an amazing job with your return to work because oh, I know how hard you. it is. And a lot of people, a lot of women they talk about too, like don't end up returning because it's just too difficult. And you kind of have that struggle with wanting to be there for your baby and trying to do what's best for them and then balancing the desire to be at work. It's tough. It's tough, but it's absolutely doable. So I'm really happy, Jamie, that you're putting together this podcast to talk about it. Well said, Eva and Jen. So I just want to give props to some of our sources for this podcast today. The first one is Cadia Center for Automotive Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. We'll put it in the show notes, but their website is automotivediversity.org. So definitely check them out. They have monthly resources, webinars, and other great things to keep on top of DE&I and what you can do in your organization. And they're, they're an amazing resource. And to Nestle Space. So a big shout out to Stephanie Bombs and Della Leapman of Nestle Space. They are the co-founders and they're the ones that put together a lot of the great stats that we used in the podcast today. And if you're wondering what to do in your business or organization, definitely reach out to them because they can definitely help in that area in terms of lactation space and just consulting on that topic in general. So check them out at nestlespace.com. I'm going to spell nestle for you, N-E-S-T-L-E hyphen space.com. And we will put that information in the show notes as well. So with that, we will wrap up for today. Jen and Eva, thank you so much for sharing your stories. Please check us out at getinherlane.com. Also follow us on Instagram at getinherlane. And please leave us a review if you're so inclined. We love the feedback and hearing from you.